0: Hello, hashtag verse TV family, and welcome. It's week 181, and this is hashtag the Homos talk show. I'm Aaron Mack, and Basic Complexity will start off with the song, and you'll start off with the new song this week. Upon my request, that we start with the new one, Basic Complexity. You're up, friend. Ooh. My
1: newer, or fairly newer song for this week would actually be the song called Skate by Bruno Mars Anderson back in Soap Sonic. And um, really, I like overall the entire album. Was only nine tracks, but still, it kind of not that I was even thought of then, but it just reminds me of like 70s music. And for some odd reason, I really like
0: it. All right. And for me, my new song is actually Billie Eilish's song, My Strains Addiction. I actually really like her unique approach to songs and she kind of does the whisper thing. And as I was writing this out, I was like, you know what, that kind of reminds me of when our rap music tried to make the whole whisper thing a trend. And rappers such as Yin Yang Twins and Marcus Houston and my pretend husband in my mind, David Banner, uh, oh, we're doing songs that they did the uh, Whisper thing. Anyway, all oh, right, Prince Derek, all
2: Okay, so a newer song that I am really into um, right now, and I know some people may judge me for this, but I like, <laughs> am loving Super Freaky Girl by Nicki Minaj. I, 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 although it's sampling, <laughs> it's sampling <laughs> one of my other... Um, Musical influences and style influences, with James. Um, I just love how she flipped the beat, um, and it reminds me of of like Anaconda Part Two. And I just love the energy of the song. Like I literally listen to that song and the Romans remix and the Queen's mix like every day. It just it puts me in like a, a good mood for some reason, right? Um, Nicki Minaj is also one of my my favorite. Um, rappers of all time because she made rap fun. Um, She invoked her own personality into it and she made it bright and you know, I just love her work.
1: Some older song is a song actually by genuine called So Anxious. And it just really stands out to me because long time ago I had to be a teenager. And probably at my grandmother's house. And like a uh, cousin who was probably like four at the time was doing this thing that was his song.
0: Oh, right. And for me, kind of keeping up with the uh, that whisper trend, I wanted to name my older song of my former husband, I'm kidding, I'm I'm totally kidding (laughs) y'all, David Banner's song, Play. And actually in preparation for the show, I was like, go ahead, Google and play that song, Play by David Banner. And it was my first time hearing the explicit version of that song because I initially, I initially thought that like, oh, I'll listen to this. I'll listen to David Banner whisper to me with his beautiful voice and just just love it and enjoy it and just pretend he's rapping to me. But oh my gosh, that song was explicit. And he talks so much about vagina and all of that. I I, I was like, wait a minute, I, I can't fantasize about this anymore. But in, in, anyway, I, I still talking, yeah, the song is very specific to pussy. And he <laughs> it kind of was the turn off, off to me, but I still love me some David Banner. I do, and it's six foot two cell. Anyway, Prince Derek doll. All
2: right. So I went to the Mary J. Bloss concert last night, and um though she has like Oh, my God, a slew of hits. When she sang Love No Limit, uh, it just took me back to being a kid. I maybe that song came out when I was probably six years old. And I remember my mom playing that on Saturdays, like playing her one album. Or I think at that time it was still a cassette. <laughs> um, and the way that I remembered the lyrics... Blew my mind, right? Because like when you're a kid and you are hearing music and you're in it, like you don't know what they're talking about. You don't even know what these love songs. Because you don't, you haven't experienced it yet. But as an adult, like when the beat drops and you're like, I know these words and you can actually feel it and relate to the music. Um, that was a, it was a great moment for me last night. It was something that little took me back. Like, oh shoot, like I know what she's talking about now and I can get into it. And so um, it maybe also reiterated how powerful music is and how it. Can transcend transcend time and space, and so that is my that's my throwback song that I'm feeling right now. And shout out to Chrissy Marie. I see you in the comments. Shout out to Chrissy Marie.
0: Excellent. All right. So our four topics this week in my mind, Part A is coming from at the De storm d e s t o r m. In my mind, one eighty one B is coming from at therapy Jeff. In my mind, 181C is coming from at Byron Jamal. In my mind, part 181D is coming from at Avant Music. A-V-A-N-T-M-U-S-I-C. All right. So for that first one, let's go ahead and get... The show on the road. 181. All right. And here is that first video. can do
1: all them little tricks and keep the... It, you
3: guess- hey, what? what are you
2: listening to? Today's music so damn you They didn't do that in my time. Why don't you play something from the 90s? I got you. Her motherfucking
3: mouth, mouth,
1: put it in her mouth. In her mouth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Motherfucking- put what in your mouth? It's Akinelli. It's
2: a classic. <laughs> classic. You know what? You're right. It was a classic. 80s. Play something from the 80s. All right? They didn't do that in the 80s. 80s.
0: Okay. I've been smoking. Hey, come on, come on.
2: What? What now? Look, why don't you go back like a hundred years? Like to the 20s or 30s or something. I know they didn't have nasty music back then.
1: I got you. If you suck my pussy, baby, I'll suck your dick. I'll do it to you, honey, till I make you shit. Oh, baby. Honey, do it all night long. Just put back on Nikki, Cardi. Meg. Lotto. City girls. This is purely a coincidence, but I actually had saw that video the other day, and it was... um It's crazy, but as uh, 80s baby and 90s kid. Yes, I definitely realized in the 90s I, I loved 90s music but on the world, a lot of it was low-key sexual. Yeah. Oh, and I was Really, too young then for me to really get it. Um, but seriously, things started to make sense around actually 2001 um, when I, well, the late Liz song Rock the Vote and I had to really break down the lyrics. And I was like, oh, this song is nasty. Okay. But one other song also thought of, um, and definitely from the 90s, was song by um, Next. Oh, the song Too Close. I didn't get it at first. <laughs> when I started breaking it down, I was like, ooh, they was nasty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
2: yes. R&B is sex music, so
1: That's what they yeah. were doing.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Was that it, Basic Complexity? Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. So I will restart the timer. Okay, so my initial reaction, I thought that older song that they played was like a fake song that they just made up to sound like it was from the 20s or 30s just to make, make a point, but my connection to it, I did some research and that is a real doggone song. That's the song Till the Cows Come Home, which came out 1935. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a blues genre, but it's a part of the dirty blues genre, which is a real thing. It's called Dirty Blues. And uh, I was actually talking to an Uber driver about it this morning. She's an older woman. And she was like, people nowadays, they cuss so much and do so much dirty stuff. And oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to talk about this tonight on Hashtag worst TV. But um, what do you think of, about that song? Well, about the whole dirty blues genre, which was a thing. And sh- she immediately was like, so my granddaughter is in university right now. And I was like, oh, okay, tell me more. Anyway, but um, yeah. um. It's interesting how in that song, like she had no attempt to disguise what she was singing about at all, that 1935 song. She explicitly said what it was, what to do with it, and that was that. And I'm like, that's interesting because it, and we all love Nikki. we all love everybody. Mm-hmm. Even though Nikki at least, when she was talking about it in the song, Super Freaky Girl, she was like, it, she called it it, you know, keep the up inside it, you know, and all of that. And I'm like, okay, well, interesting. Anyway, I wonder at the end of the day, is it all just retro and like, we're kind of almost back, back there again with the music and, I say, well, the music business realizes that perhaps people should disguise things a little bit lyrically and not be quite so explicit because they're like, well, it makes more money when you kind of disguise it a little bit. So that's what people are doing because at the end of the day, the music business is a business. Anyway, all right, Prince Derek doll.
2: Um, so I'm a musician. Right. And it's funny that as soon as you said, go back a hundred years in my brain, I kind of knew that that was going to be the song. I uh, ran across that song maybe three or four years ago. And, um, you know, it's, it also goes, in, it, it's in line with what something my grandmother taught me is that there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Um, you know, things change, you know, Um, But it's still the same. A lot of things are still the same. They just change forms and evolves. And so, um, you know, it it makes me think about how every generation thinks that the next generation, oh, this, we never did this in my time. You were like, yes, you did. It just sounded differently, (laughs) um, right? You did it, y'all did it, they had it. You didn't listen to it or you had a different um, relationship to it, right? Um, and I just I always find it interesting. And I know that probably a hundred years from now, some people will probably think that um the music that we have is literally is 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 um you know just a child's play at this point because the way that music is going, it's gonna get even nastier, right? So I thought that was cute. I thought it was funny, and I thought it was a tool of education too for people. Um, who aren't part of the, the millennial, the Gen Z generations to kind of remind you that music is music. It's always been here. They've been singing about sex uh, and writing music about sex since the biblical days. Okay, the Song of Solomon. That whole book in the Bible is about sex and intimacy. So, so yeah, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. And when I think about music like that, I remember um, You and Your Hand by Pink. That was one of my favorite songs. It's you on your hand tonight had no idea what she was talking about. And I was like, oh, this song, this is a song about masturbation. Wait a minute. This was on the radio. This is a pop song. Hold on. Um, so yeah, we all have those moments, but you know, like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. And I'll yield my time.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> Now, going in order, did you want a one-minute basic complexity? Uh,
1: no, I'm good.
0: OK. I'll take a one minute and say, nasty. Your And it, 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 it's so interesting, because it's like, I agree with what your grandmother said completely, not only because it's true, and because it reminds me of a song that I actually really like by uh, Leanne Rimes called nothing new under the moon but yeah there's nothing new under the moon nothing new under the sun and it, it's the same old thing and I, i'm like but nastier because that back in the 1935 that was very explicit very right. like i i don't want to say it was disgusting but for crying out loud she was saying what i'm gonna she, suck
2: your dick to you shit yeah thank
0: you thank you that's exactly what so i'm like but when i say
2: when i say nastier i mean as far as mainstream and pop culture that what that wasn't a song that was being played on the radio that was something that you had to buy or you had to go and see her perform it live um so i mean you know recordings were still kind of relatively new at that time so when i say it's gonna get nastier is that what we're seeing with a trend in television and radio is that you know it's becoming more and more explicit uh, in the public forum. It's not just something that you're hiding in the closet and you have to go and buy and hear at this special place. No, it's becoming more mainstream. And so, um, as we continue to progress with music, even with the ratings on TV, you know, you have, you, have, you have things that are rated R now that, you know, 10 years ago when we were in, in college and high school, they were considered uh, rated M for mature. But now it's just, oh, it's rated R. If you're 17, you can watch it. And I think that's, that's, that's what I meant when I said it's going to be, be even nastier. We have no idea what may be in mainstream in the next 10 years um, based off of the trend that we're seeing now where it's becoming more acceptable to be um, sexually free, sexually explicit and sex positive. So if it's going in the sex positive direction, then who knows? What they, they may be talking about sucking dick until they shit again on the radio. Who knows? <laughs>
0: And I will say that because this, because that's exactly where I was going with that as well, because it's like popular music versus not popular music or what's the trend versus what's not the trend. Because honestly, I tried looking up to see how big a hit that song, Till the Cows Come Home, was, but nothing was talking about it so it was just one of those songs that like somebody did it back then but it's Mm -hmm. not like it was getting played on the radio a lot
2: yeah it predates it predates radio and charts so it wouldn't have been something that it would have been tracked on Nielsen like it wasn't it came out at a time where people weren't you know streaming so it was literally like you had to buy that record or you had to go and see her perform it live down at the juke joint Um, which was the case for a lot of soul artists. Like I said, I'm from Louisiana. You know, we're the birthplace of jazz and there are a lot of um, soul music itself was was a place where you could be really expressive, right? You can literally share your story and sing it how you wanted to sing it. It was only when Black music became highly commercialized where um, in order for it to be on the radio, it had to be something digestible by Black people, I mean, by White people, um, which is why they had such an issue with um, disco, right? until white artists started making disco. and then black people started making more money off of it. And then you ha- here you have the emergence of hip hop where, where black people are telling the stories and uh, speaking about uh, political issues in their neighborhoods and about the the crack epidemic. And um, it was it wasn't a good thing. It was the enemy until white people figured out how they could monetize it, right? And then it became popular. And hip hop now is one of the most is the most influential genre of music. Um, in the world and it's increasingly getting more and more explicit um, in pop culture because that's just that is the the space that the people are evolving into where it's like that's what I want to hear I want to hear that nasty shit I want to hear that so I'm gonna request it on the radio I'm gonna put it on my my Spotify my alpha music and you know like I said there's nothing new under the sun but the way that we do things does change and I'm pretty sure that if that if that song from 1935 gets remade or remixed today, it's gonna be a hit. Mm. We still doing it.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I,
2: and I want to know what you no know, ain't gonna hold you. I want to know what that's like though, because she said she's gonna suck it until you. I ain't never. I, I in my brain. I'm like, no, wait a minute. Ooh. That's a that's a
0: superpower.
2: I would like to see it.
0: I I, I I'm sorry, friend. I would not. I would not. I, I I would like to see a lot of things. I would not like to see that. I'm sorry, but that's just. Me. But anyway, but yes. All right. So let's get to this next topic, and the next topic is. And oh yeah, this is from at therapy Jeff.
3: It's not about finding the right person. It's about putting in the right effort. I mean, it helps if you find the right person to be in relationship with, but there are a lot of right persons out there that could be a good match. So try not to fall for the fairy tale belief that there's just one person you're meant to be with. And once you find them, it all falls into place and everything is effortless. That's not the case. And you're setting yourself up for disappointment if that's what you think. Even if soulmates are a thing, you're going to be challenged by them. You're going to have to work through intimacy issues you developed from your childhood and the trauma you've collected along the way. Love isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you create and build. You might be swept away by the honeymoon period, but you'll be slapped with the reality of how much effort it takes to build a life together once the dopamine rush wears off. Here's the thing. Your relationships will last longer if you right-size your expectations. It's not going to work out because it's meant to be. It's going to work out because you love each other and want to do the hard work that will keep you together.
0: we are going to maintain this uh, clockwise thing, and I'll go first this time. My initial reaction was, wow. <laughs> I did think that I needed to somehow find and connect with my one. Because I was like, there's only one. And when I find him, it's going to be, it's going to work like magic. And it's just going to all make sense. But he makes sense as far as what he's saying, because I, I do believe that if both people are sincere and put in the work that they can make it happen, just like Mariah Carey said. You know, um, it, 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 it's and I'm learning this now. And this is part of my motivation with stuff because I want to let other uh, another 20 something Aaron know out there that there is a different way to make perhaps better choices because better choices than I did when I was in my 20s. Because I was one of those guys who was honeymoon stages are, are, are real and the grass always seem a bit greener on the other side. Because once the honeymoon stage ends, it'd be like, and I didn't even realize this is what was happening. But what would happen when the honeymoon stage would come to an end, when the rubber met the road and you have to put in the real work, I'd be like, Oh, he, he just doesn't love me anymore. I shouldn't be with him. Let's split. And that's mm-hmm. what I always do. And honestly, thus far, yeah, because honestly, thus far, I've not had a relationship last more than one year. And that's just TBT, okay? 11 months was my longest relationship. I searched for the Perpetual honeymoon stage. And just because you exit the honeymoon stage doesn't mean the person is no longer sincere about you, but that's how I would feel. Upon exiting the honeymoon stage, I'm like, it's not love anymore. And yes, relationships do take work to shine on the inside so you can shine on the outside. It takes work Mutual love and you can make it happen. Now we'll go to Prince Derek though.
2: Um, I actually enjoyed um that video and I also agree with him. Um and I think it took me it took me a while to get to that place where I didn't believe in the fairy tale anymore. Um I didn't believe in the Disney fairy tale of oh there's you know, there's this one love of your life and when you meet them and everything just all makes sense. And it's, you know, it feels, it sounds good, right? And then when you're in, like you said, the honeymoon phase, it can feel that way. Um, But I'm also a realist. And I'm, I think since for the past, like 15 years, I've always been like, there are eight point something billion people in the world. So um, just thinking about probability, maybe I'm just a big nerd. If there is one person that, um, makes me feel a certain type of way or has some form of cap- you know compatibility, then that means that there are at least one hundred and twenty eight thousand other people in the world that has that same that has that same uh, capability and or capability and compatibility. So I never really put my eggs in one basket unless um, you, you know, you show me a reason um, that I should. And I think that for me now I'm in a relationship. I just celebrated. Um two years uh, with my partner on um the 18th of October. We dated we, dating last as far go back to three years. Um, but this relationship is so different because I didn't go in with that um Disney mindset, like, oh, this is my forever and this is my blah 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 and all those things. It went, I went into it with my eyes open and um, like most people now at this stage, like I know what my red flags are, um, and I also know, um, I also know how to spot them out. <laughs> what you know, and, and you know, learn when you learn yourself, it's easier for you to learn other people, and um, understanding the type of relationship that I want, being vocal about it, and being able to communicate, and being with someone who can communicate with me someone that works to build trust with me, even if there were things that I viewed as problematic. Me being able to have the space to say, hey, you know, I really don't really like this. This doesn't make me feel safe in the relationship. Or him being able to say, you know, I really don't like X, Y, and Z, or I would like this. And learning what each other's love languages are um, and um, trying to, and actually doing that work, both of us literally uh, making the commitment to do the work changed everything you know he doesn't have to be a prince in shining armor he's someone that is committed to doing the work to build this relationship and that is it outweighs that feeling of this this person that came and swooped in it was all perfect because you know they always say if it's if it's too good to be true if it feels too good to be true then it probably is and i've been in relationships like that before as well where it was too good to be true and like you said when the rubber meets the road when it's time to actually do the work uh, they weren't willing to do the work because uh, in their brain, they also were believing the fairy tale. So I enjoyed that clip
0: absolutely. basic complexity.
1: there we go. Um, so it is what was said is partially true, not fully, but partially true and. I say that because in all honesty, both parties, both, not just one, but both parties had to put in at least a little work. Um, and things when it comes to relationships are never ever always a hundred percent easy. Um and, yeah, True love requires work from both parties, maybe one more than the other. But still, it's just not extremely easy. That crap you see on TV, like, I will even say a Disney romance. That is... Nine times out of ten, that's not real, and that's my opinion.
0: All oh, right, I'd like to take a one minute, and I will put one minute on the clock, and say, as far as fairy tale love, yeah, you you know that that's. And I'll connect it also to, well, basically what both of you said, Prince Derek Draw and Basic Complexity. Uh, I did used to be that guy that would think that if it's not easy, if it's not smooth, it's supposed to be natural. You know, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Going back to Will and Grace, when uh, Grace was supposed to be with, and I, I, I forget his name. But the uh, guy, she's about to marry him. But she's like, you know what? You're not the right guy. I'm sorry. And she was into him at first a whole lot, but he wasn't into her. And eventually the tables turned and she's like, "Mm, no, you're not the one. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, I'm sorry. It's not supposed to be this hard. And because she said that, I would be like, yeah, you know it's supposed to be easy when you're on the right path with the right lover. It's supposed to be easy. Anyway, um, just like the movies, like Katy Perry song. Anyway, uh, oh, the Tamar Braxton song. Anyway, all right, friends, Derek, oh, did you want a one minute?
2: No, I don't need one minute. I already did mine. I spoke.
1: I said it.
0: Basic complexity. Did you want a one minute?
1: Already <laughs> said everything I had to say Alter.
0: Alright, oh, and let's go ahead. Yeah, da Ra-da-da, da and that was from at therapy Jeff hashtag Verse TV.
1: Hey y'all, I'm Prince Derrick Dalton. Kevin, aka basic complex today.
0: I'm Aaron Mack. Hashtag verseTV family. Hashtag verseTV. Hashtag verse TV family. 181